Lovely day for tennis, eh? Game set and match. This is Tennis Talk Canada with Jim Taddy on TSN 1050. Welcome aboard Tennis Talk Canada, final edition for the season. Wow, where did that go? Jim Taddy, Ken Christina with you. Ken, of course, is the director of tennis for the Mayfair Clubs. Kenny, how are you this morning? Well, Jim, it is a lovely day for tennis, that's for sure. Indoors and outdoors. There are people jamming courts all across the GTA, so love to see that at this time of year for sure. Uh, we'll get into, you know, the U.S. Open recap, and, and that's, uh, you know, that I just want to mention to everybody why we're at the end of our run here. Uh, the, the original plan was actually to do eight shows wrapped around the slam events, and we were able to, to string it into a nice summer of coverage and, of course, want to push this thing forward and, and go 40 to 45 shows next year. But, of course, uh, sponsors determine that. So if you're interested in sponsoring Tennis Talk Canada, you like the content, you like the show, uh, contact either me or Ken, and we'll work something out our plan is to return just before the australian open and set that up and we'd like to go all the way through so before i, I mumble any further i just want to thank our sponsors that have gotten us this far racketguys.ca owlmortgage.ca vince is a great guy vince gaitano uh, eric scoglin at scoglinhomes.com and the fox group at ig private wealth don fox is the contact there donfox.net so thank you to our sponsors and kenny as we look back up a week ago we we're getting set for well we knew history was going to be made. We didn't know how. And, you know, I don't think we were disappointed. Obviously, we wanted Leila Annie Fernandez to win, um, but you can take nothing away from Emma's win, uh, which is uh, equally groundbreaking. And just what a great moment for, for tennis, for Canadian tennis on both sides of that court. It certainly was. And, you know, a lot of people maybe pick Leila to win because she's from Canada. And, you know, those there was those in the tennis world that thought Emma had the stronger game, but I think both women played admirably well under the pressure of a Grand Slam final, under the pressure of the the enormous crowd and the noise that you encounter playing at Arthur Ashe Stadium. Um, I, I was totally impressed with, again, we saw from Layla that resiliency, that, that, that never-say-die attitude, and, you know, it's easy in in these big moments to kind of things start not going your way and and then your game kind of folds up and we just never saw any of that from Layla throughout the two weeks of the US Open and um, in the end I think Rebecca or um, Emma pardon me was just taking the ball a little bit too early and being a little too aggressive and it just felt like Layla couldn't quite catch up sometimes to the ball she will she'll get there she'll get a little stronger she'll get a little quicker and, you know, let's not forget that she played about 7,000 hours of tennis in her previous matches as every match went three sets. So it really wore her down. And um, you know, not only physically, but there's the mental side of things, too. When you're beating the likes of Osaka, Kerber, Svitolina, and Sabalenka, you know, that can play on you both from an emotional side and a physicality side. So um, very impressed with how Layla performed in the final and and also for how Emma uh, performed on the other side of the court. 
Absolutely. Uh, you know, the spoils go to the winner, and, and certainly Emma was deserving of that. I want to just alert everybody coming up on our broadcast today. Michael Downey, President and CEO of Tennis Canada, will be buying the next segment. And our third segment, Stacey Allister, our good friend, attorney director at the U.S. Open, will stop by as well. And then uh, Ken and I will wrap up our Tennis Talk Canada season. And what comes out of this is, uh, you know, the, the rankings boost. And for Emma, she goes up, she moves up 127 spots to 23. Felix moves up 4 to 11. Dennis drops 2 to 12. Bianca drops 13 to 20. Uh, Leila Fernandez moves up 45 to 28. Uh, Milos stays the same. Uh, Pospisil drops 7 to 65. Rebecca Marino plus 18 to 157. And Jeannie Bouchard dropping 39 to 170. So this is, you know, this is a reset basically for, for a lot of people, but certainly Emma topping the list, improving 127 spots in the rankings. Yes, for sure. And I, I don't know that I've ever seen somebody jump up that much. Um, you know, I'm going to have to do some research on that, and I'm not even sure where to start. But I, I can't think that that's ever happened before with somebody going that that far. And, and, you know, she did it in incredible fashion by going through the qualifying, going through the main draw, never dropping a set along the way. You know, the beauty for both her and for Layla now being ranked inside the top 30 is... They'll get direct entry into every tournament that they play, which is a big deal. You know, there's no more qualifyings. There's no more uncertainty. You know, we heard from Emma that she had her uh, return flight booked to England um, before the main draw started at the U.S. Open because she wasn't even sure she was going to qualify. So there's a lot, a lot of uncertainty for a lot of these players that are out there on tour. And by being now in the top 30, it's completely taken away that uncertainty for them. They know they're going to get into main draws, and, and, and that just makes planning of your, of your year a little bit easier. And the other beauty, too, is when you're ranked 23, 27, 28 in that range, there's going to be a lot of tournaments where you're seated in, and you'll be seated in the top 16, you'll be seated in the top 8 sometimes, and that'll automatically give them buys to the second round, which gives them greater chances at more prize money, and the list goes on and on. So for both those young women... It's really going to change the trajectory of their careers and, the, and, and their earning potential through uh, the course of 2021 and into 2022. So very happy for both of them because as we could all tell as fans of the game, their speeches were great. How they've handled yep. themselves before and after was outstanding. Well, and Layla's, uh, you know, nod to New York and, and uh, the anniversary of, of 9-11 was spectacular and it touched everybody's heart, uh, especially those uh, in the stands. It was just a remarkable bit of poise from her. and uh, We shouldn't be surprised, should we? No, we shouldn't. And, you know, it'll be interesting. We can ask Stacey Allister, who's, uh, as you mentioned, is our guest later on today. She was standing on the uh, winner's stage or the championship stage at the U.S. Open right behind Layla when... Layla kind of asked for the mic back and, and made that yeah. uh, mention of 9-11 and, and the resiliency of New York. And uh, I, I'm sure it'll be interesting to hear how she felt, you know, standing there. And, and you know, you feel differently at those live events when you feel the, the energy from the crowd. And, and I'm sure that it was, it was something to behold standing right there. And not only that, but with Stacey being a Canadian, to have a, a young 18 just turned 19 year old canadian say it i'm sure stacy's uh you know canadian flag was beaming proudly at that moment for sure 
You know, I got carried away. I forgot to do my commercial reads. I thank the sponsors, but I stiffed them, so here we go. Racket Guys is Canada's largest selection of tennis gear at the guaranteed lowest price. Shop online at racketguys.ca or visit their Markham Superstore for expert advice. Serve a drop shot in your retirement. Let the team at almortgage.ca show you how to ace your retirement with expert advice and a copy of Home Run, the reverse mortgage advantage. For your free copy, call Owl Mortgage. Speak to Vince at 416-633-5363. So that obligation is done. I just, you know, you talked about uh, you know the door that opens, and, and uh, let's be honest here. Uh, even if you don't win the the singles final, if you're in, if you're on the other side, which is what Layla was and is, uh, there's it's it's still a, it's a life altering and career altering moment because it opens a door to uh, potentially uh, more of those. Uh, occasions and, and more success. Uh, I was reading a piece on ESPN.com about Emma and, and what this means, uh, you know, for her uh, as a twenty as an eighteen year old Brit. Uh, she could walk into twenty seven point seven million American over the next two years in earnings, and, and that comes from sports marketing experts. You remember she's the first uh, British champ in forty four years, so she fills a void. And because of her background, I mean, everybody has their own unique background, and, and hers works uh, for marketing i mean if you won you'd have your background and if i won i'd have my background that would be marketed hers they say is worth almost 30 million bucks in sports marketing over the next two years that is phenomenal it is absolutely and you know i i saw her give a speech in mandarin so she's reaching more and more people with with the different languages that she speaks and her and her uh different uh background from her family so that certainly is going to build as well. It should be marketable in more areas around the world. I mean, we've seen it with different players along the way, right? Milos Raonic um, had some great contracts, but as soon as he got into the top 10, he signed a, a mega year, big, big money contract with New Balance. Um, I know from the past too, with a lot of these players, that they'll have country contracts for different products, say for Wilson Sporting Goods. They'll have a racket deal or a, or a racket and shoe deal with Wilson Sports. But once their ranking reaches a certain height, um, they end up signing an international deal with Wilson Sports because more people see them play. They're going deeper in Grand Slams. They're having more tournament titles on the ATP or the WTA Turtle so, uh, t- uh, Tour. So that increases the amount of money that these companies are willing to, to give to these athletes. So, you know, that's that's the bright side, the 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 the. The not so bright side is that you know Emma ranked at 150 probably wasn't making enough money to be paying her bills on tour. So we've addressed yeah. that in the past. How they're the you know Vashik Pospisil and Novak are starting a new player council that will hopefully address that so that more players can make money because obviously we've seen what somebody ranked 150 in the world can do, and we want to be able to experience and see more of these players ranked in the you know the high 100s and the the low 200s get a better chance at surviving on tour so that they can make it to the main stage because the talent out there is unbelievable as we witnessed from the last two weeks at the u.s open yeah a reminder of course she's 18 uh, i think she turns 19 in a couple of months but uh, to your point about what she has earned uh, the bspn uh, piece goes through that and it says uh, she's earned uh, before the u.s open earned around forty thousand dollars since her senior debut 
three years ago. So you're talking about somebody who debuted as a senior at, at the age of 15, and in that time has earned $40,000 and probably racked up all kinds of, of debt. And, and so the, the winning check is $2.5 million at the U.S. Open. And uh, I would look at that, while that's a substantial amount of money, it, it's, uh, it, it's a start because the debt that would have been rolled up over the last two to three years, if not prior to that, would be astronomical. Yeah, unfortunately, tennis, like most sports, like most things right now in life, are, are not uh, inexpensive. And certainly playing on tour, there's some huge um, expenses that come along with that. The players are paying their own airfare for them and their coach and, the, and whoever that travels on their team to go from location to location. They're typically paying for their own hotels in a lot of events until they get into the main draw. Or typically, once they're out of the main draw, they have 24 hours to vacate their room. They're paying, it's usually between 40 and $50 per racket to have it restrung at these sites, and that money comes right out of their prize money. Um, you know, they, they pay for food when they're off-site, away from the tournaments. So when you're on a, you know, you're in a small tournament and you're playing a $15,000 event somewhere, that's not $15,000 to the winner, that's $15,000 in total prize money for the entire event. So if you win that event, you might win fourteen or $1,500. And, you know, that might cover your expenses for the week. Um, but if you don't win it, you're losing money uh, just to, to get to that tournament, to have the opportunity to get more points, to get into bigger tournaments on the WTA or ATP Tour. So it certainly is a struggle for a lot of these players to, shall we say, make it big, as Emma did with a $2.5 million U.S. check. Okay, so just one more thought before we, we, you know, so we can put a cap on the business part of this. But I think it's a relative, um, a relevant uh, conversation. Uh, these guys are these these players um, on both sides, uh, women and men, are freelance contract players, much like much like the PGA and, and uh, LPGA golfers. Uh, so I mean, they answer to themselves that way, um, uh, and and so this speaks to the Djokovic and Pospisil uh, players association or representative uh, representation because it, it sort of it can even things out can it yes it can for sure and they're hopeful that they're going to spread the prize money a little bit more and and assist some of these players that are outside the top hundred with some of their expenses you know the beauty of canada and what we've they we've been able to do as an organization and i say we because i guess i'm proud but i'm no part of the tennis canada uh you know uh found a company i guess but what they've done is they've got uh, money that they've taken or they spearheaded from the National Bank Open and the Rogers Cup prior to this and they've put together teams and coaching teams and they take these players at young ages and they take them across the, to Europe to the Junior French Open which we know Leila Fernandez won and, and they, they finance a lot of the development of these young players but there comes a time when the player becomes a professional and Tennis Canada can only do so much and, and hopefully with what Vashik and Novak are doing it's going to allow more youngsters like Emma, like Layla. I think we lost Ken, so um, just going to uh, thank him and uh, reconnect with him in the break. Uh, coming up next, we'll have uh, Michael Downey, the uh, the president and CEO of Tennis Canada. If you're over 55, you can access the wealth that is built up in your home with a reverse mortgage. Let OwlMortgage.ca show you how with a free copy of Home Run, the reverse mortgage advantage. Call OwlMortgage.ca today for a free copy at 416-633-5363. This is Tennis Talk Canada and TSN 1050 live in your radio, live streaming, podcasting, and on-demand and Apple CarPlay and Android 
Android Auto through the iHeartRadio Canada app. You're listening to Tennis Talk Canada on TSN 1050. Here's Jim Taddy. Welcome back. This segment of Tennis Talk Canada is sponsored by the Fox Group at IG Private Wealth Management. It's important to get your financial planning in order. And you know what? I'm totally comfortable and confident recommending Don Fox and his team to you. The Fox Group provides a written plan specifically tailored for you, reflecting your goals and aspirations. It's reviewed regularly and adjusted or updated when needed. Planning process begins with you in mind, the Fox Group, inspiring clients to achieve true wealth. You can contact the Fox Group on their website, donfox.net, or follow on Twitter at Fox Group PWM. Jim Taddy, Ken Christina with you. Please have with us now Michael Downing, President and CEO of Tennis Canada. Michael, welcome. How are you today, sir? I'm very good, and thank you for the opportunity. Oh, our pleasure to have you. And so, you know, you are the person with the full vision of, of exactly what Tennis Canada is and what all this means. So when you're watching the U.S. Open, Felix in the semis, uh, Leila Anna Fernandez in the finals, what, what is, like, what does this represent for you? Well, it's another major step forward for Canadian tennis. You know, like everyone, we, we wish Layla had got the W on Saturday and we wish Felix had got to the final, but that'll come over time. But, you know, these are the type of results that if you go back a decade, Canada probably never thought they'd see, especially in the case of Layla being, you know, just a few days in, into her 19th birthday. It's an amazing result the young woman achieved in New York on center court. Michael, um, I know you were down, I believe you were down in 2019 um, for Bianca's championship run. Were you able with what's going on, were you able to make it down to New York for, uh, for this year's event at all? Yeah, no, I was lucky enough. I went down Saturday morning of the final weekend so I could see uh, Layla compete in the finals. And uh, it was very, very special. Like it was, you know, again, unfortunately she didn't win, but she left it out there. And it was just great to be there live with 24,000 people because she really stole the hearts of New Yorkers, not only with her on-court uh, capabilities, but also in her final speech. It was just so memorable. Yes, it absolutely was. I was, t- I'm sure, like you and as many Canadians, we were totally impressed when she asked for the mic back and talked about the resiliency of New Yorkers. And I mean, she wasn't even born when uh, when 9/11 happened. So pretty impressive from that young woman, wasn't it? It sure was. And if, if I may say, you know, we, I was lucky enough to actually Stacy Allister the the tournament director of the U.S. Open, who happens to be a Canadian. Um, Stacy was good enough to, to, to set up um, a short meeting with Layla after the final. And, you know, she put on a pretty strong face because she obviously wanted to win and it wasn't the result she wanted. But I remember saying to her, you know, we're so proud of what you said to New Yorkers, but we're also proud that you said you want to come back and, and win the right trophy. And it just says that she's got the right competitive spirit. This was not good enough for that young woman. And we're going to see her take this back and debrief with her father. And they're going to say, we've got to do better next time. Yeah, I'm glad you went down that road. I mean, there's there's a whole process here, and and her father did allude to uh, Tennis Canada and and the help that was received at at the start. So maybe you could address that. And, and you know, when you look at that story, uh, what role did Tennis Canada play, and 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 how do you like take that and 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 move forward with it? 
Yeah, it's a good question, Jim. And I think, you know, the way I've answered it, because others have asked the same question, is I think we've learned through the years there's not one way of helping to develop a, a star player or a player that exceeds their own expectations. And I think Layla is just another example of that, where she's from Montreal. We always made the courts at the National Tennis Center available to her. Sometimes she used them, sometimes she didn't. Early on, we did provide some coaching help. Um, and, but what, what fundamentally happened is her family decided that they wanted to move to Florida, uh, both for personal reasons and also help the game of both um, Layla and her younger sister, Bianca. So what we did is we, we carved out a two-year financial support package that covered 2020 and 2021. Because again, she was hitting all the standards that would be expected of a player who is worthy of financial support. So we provided it to her. We also provided some analytic support. So, you know, one of the advantages of being a centralized organization is that we can get, you know, good packages for competitive analytics. And I know Orge is really into that. Like, you know, there's no doubt he was probably trying to track down as much analytics as he could get on Emma before the final. So we provided that free of charge as well over the last couple of years. So, again, just an example that not everybody's going to go the same path. And we've got to be flexible of that because the results speak for themselves. And that's why she deserved the support. I love that, uh, and you're 100% right, Michael. There are different paths to get there. Tennis Canada, certainly, with the development of the national training centers, has, has been a big part of the development of young Canadians, but sometimes there's there's different routes. So I appreciate the fact that you and your team have have seen that and are supporting uh, where possible, right? Yeah, and and if I, if I can continue for a second, I think the other thing that has helped is by setting up a national tennis center in Montreal back in whatever it was, 2007, I think that alone and some of the early results that we saw with players that came out of Montreal, like Milos and Jeannie, and obviously Felix you know, spent a lot of time there, I think it just has raised the bar for what Canadian players can achieve. So if you're an independent coach in Edmonton and you've got a player you're developing, I think there's been a positive halo, even though that may be an approach that's different from players being in the Montreal National Tennis Center. I think that's one of the advantages is that coaches and players now say, hey, the bar is higher and we can achieve that bar. And there's different ways of getting that. But as you guys know, it takes an awful lot of hard work and commitment it's not easier these days. It's just I think it's more believable these days. You know, I, I want to go back to what you were saying before. I mean, to me, just from that description, it sounds like, I mean, you obviously have a progressive and open mind. Tennis Canada does. Uh, we know that Orge does because he's a soccer guy, and the way he approaches things, is, it can be considered to be fairly unique. Um, uh, th- there's all this positive mindset, but it's open, so it's, it's, it's negotiable. It's searching for the solution, isn't it? Yeah, and I think it's important, too, that it's not about where credit goes. Like, we're asked a lot, well, you guys did this, you guys did that. And I kind of just look at it more generally to say, hey, this is good for tennis in Canada. It's not about Tennis Canada. We're a facilitator. And all we want to do is help 
you know, promising players exceed their expectations. And some are going to go to the Montreal National Training Center, and we really believe in that. Felix is a prime example. He's excelled. But I also think there's other ways that we can provide support, whether it's financial, whether it's coaching, whether it's wild cards, whether it's analytics, whether it's tours. You know, Layla went on a lot of tours that we funded when she was younger. These are all kind of parts of the the ammo that can help develop a player to not only break into the top 100, but hopefully reach the top 10 and, and higher. And we're seeing that, obviously, with young Layla. So I know, Michael, that a huge part of the development of these players comes through the National Bank Open and the, the support that we receive from fans and sponsors and things like that. Obviously, Tennis Canada, as we've talked before on the show, took a big hit when it didn't happen uh, last year. How did things go this year with the National Bank Open? Uh, the, now that you were allowed it, at least some fans back in the stands, how did Tennis Canada make out? Yeah, no, good question. And, and it's, you know, there's no doubt we've gone through the ringer here, but we are coming out of it. So, you know, we lost $8 million last year that put us into a phenomenal hole and it required us to go get a a pretty significant bank loan from National Bank. And they've had our back in that regard. But, you know, the loans have to be paid back. It's a business deal. Um, This year's National Bank Open and Omnium Bank National in Montreal, we were able to actually, the organization will turn a profit this year. And it's because last minute we were able to sell some tickets. So, you know, we had planned all year that it was most likely going to be a broadcast-only set of tournaments. But, you know, in the last, you know, I think it was like three or four weeks before we actually staged the event, we were able, we were given some parameters to sell tickets. And I think it was a little less than 50% of capacity of the main bowl only. Um, so we were still restricted. But, uh, and we had about 50,000 paying fans come to both Montreal and Toronto. No, you know, that's well below what we would normally have, like 330,000 fans, but we'll take it. And being able to get the revenue from those paying customers will turn a slight profit this year, which is really great because it just gets us into a better position as we move towards 22. But I'll end on this point on your question you know, we're still only spending at about 40% of what we normally would spend in tennis development. So there's no doubt we want to see that significantly increase next year as we kind of come back to norm. But it's still going to be probably three or four or five years before we can get back to kind of the historical spend level. But we're headed in the right direction. Good, good to hear, and I know you're going to get there. Michael, thank you very much for your time. We really appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Be well. You too. That's Michael Downey, President and CEO of Tennis Canada. Coming up next, Stacey Allister, Tournament Director for the U.S. Open. This segment of Tennis Talk Canada is sponsored by the Fox Group at IG Private Wealth Management. It's important to get your financial planning in order, and I feel comfortable and confident recommending Don Fox and his team to you. The Fox Group provides a written plan specifically tailored for you, reflecting your goals and aspirations. It's reviewed regularly and adjusted or updated when needed. The planning process begins with you in mind. The Fox Group, inspiring clients to achieve true wealth. 
You can contact the Fox Group on their website, donfox.net, or follow on Twitter at Fox Group PWM. I want to thank Don Fox and the Fox Group for sponsoring Tennis Talk Canada this season. This is Tennis Talk Canada and TSN 1050 live on your radio, live streaming, podcasting, and on-demand and Apple CarPlay and Android Auto through the iHeartRadio Canada app. You're listening to Tennis Talk Canada on TSN 1050. Here's Jim Taddy. This segment is brought to you by Scoglin Homes. Considering selling your home in the GTA, do not just rely on a strong market. Call Eric Scoglin and maximize your sale price with the Scoglin Homes comprehensive listing plan that features luxurious staging, eye-catching video marketing, drone photography, and a large database of qualified buyers looking for homes just like yours. Call 647-300-7019. Speak to Eric directly or check out scoglinhomes.com to make the right decision around your largest investment. Jim Taddy, Ken Christina with you. Please have with us now Stacey Allister, Attorney Directory, Director of the U.S. Open. Stacy, how are you today? Good morning, gentlemen. I'm doing very, very well since the last uh, time I spoke with you. <laughs> <laughs> so probably a couple of Canadians standing on the podium questions right off the top. Uh, so, And we saw you, and we saw your eyes uh, blink and, and moisten yes. up when Leila Annie Fernandez spoke. What, what did that feel like? Well, look, it was a very proud moment, and, you know, I just it was all surreal, as it was in 2019 when I witnessed Bianca, you know, first Canadian to win a Grand Slam, and, as we got into the semis with Felix and Layla, and then Layla proving uh, that she belonged on that stage uh, for the final day, it really was, uh, you know, surreal and incredibly um, proud day for Canada overall. Well, I know for you and I, Stacy, growing up as young Canadians and <laughs> yes. playing the game and then teaching, we, we really never thought that we would see this Ever. happen. Never. Uh, no. Like, it's crazy, isn't it? It's crazy. Yeah, no, it's crazy. And it was always the dream, and that dream was realized in 2019. I think two short years thereafter, with another woman from Canada um, <clears throat> going for the U.S. Open as well. And, you know, we're, we're lucky um, to have incredible ambassadors for Canada uh, playing, whether it be Dennis or Bianca or Felix, and now we can add uh, Layla to, to the mix. It's, we're really, really, we're fortunate as a country to have uh, those four great young champions. So the numbers are in, and I see that the women's championship final uh, in the USA drew more viewers than the men's mm -hmm. championship final. So with all the history that Novak <clears throat> was going for, I never thought that <laughs> there would be more people watching Emma and Layla, two unseated players playing over the number one and two men in the world. Yeah, well, it was the Cinderella women's final with, uh, with the two teenagers, first time since 1999. Uh, and their run through the Open was inspiring. And it, it, you know, it was front page of, of, of newspapers worldwide. So those ratings are pretty consistent in, in other parts of the world. 40% of 18 to 39-year-olds from the U.K. tuned in to watch. Um, it was just one of those historic and remarkable and inspiring moments in sport. And um, it's always nice when the women carry the day. It, it helps to uh, validate equal prize money and um, that um, they are very, very worthy of uh, everything that they earn um, year-round. 
Stacy, it just is sort of a business question. I mean, every business has its core uh, clients, customers, and and, uh, and revenue. Uh, uh, this particular final would open up new doors, regardless of who was going to win that. There, there was uh, new faces. Obviously, the numbers on TV tell you that, and, and new opportunities, right? No question. You know, the start of the tournament was, you know, Stacy, you don't have any big names. No Roger, no Rafa, no Serena. The first time in a quarter of a century, century, we hadn't had one of those three big names. Um, but I said, look, we go through cycles. We go through changes in our sport. And what we do know, the next generation stands on the shoulders of the previous generation, and they take our sport to the next level. Sometimes it takes a little bit longer <laughs> than what happened uh, two weeks ago in New York. But um, look at all of the athletes, men and women, really stepped up and showed the world um, that they're ready uh, to take over the leadership in our sport. Um, you know, one of the things that I really loved to see was the fans back in the stands, Stace. And I, I know that there were some changes pre-tournament. How did it work for for you and your committee um, to, to logistically to get the fans in there? And then how was it? You know, there, I, from, from a viewership point, watching on television, there's nothing like it. What was it like being there with the fans and, and, and the New York fans, having them back in the stands? It was so energizing, Kenny. Um, <clears throat> I remember the first day, opening match, Madison Keys against Sloane Stevens, 2017 Women's Final, if you can believe it. And I walked into Arthur Ashe and I went, I looked around, and went, wow, there's fans here. <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, and um, the fans were so energized, and they did, I really do believe, help to pull through Emma and Layla uh, throughout the tournament. And everyone just kept saying to me how exciting this Open was and how energizing it was. I think we all missed the roar of 24,000 New Yorkers in the, uh, in the stadium and on the ground, and the athletes responded to it. And the fans uh, gave him the love. And um, I just never believed in 2021 we would have that many fans back at the USGA Billie Jean King National Tennis Center. It was so, yeah, it was so satisfying and, and just amazing. We're still on Well, yeah, kudos to you and your team because I know that there were some last-minute changes and it, it certainly looked fairly seamless. I'm sure there were some speed bumps along the way, but it, I agree with you. The fans were were really outs- outstanding. Uh, you know, you talk about how they handled the fans, and, and I don't know that I've ever seen young players, and I think both Emma and Layla seem to, you know, I, I guess the word would be manage the crowd, because really, you know, <laughs> we've seen Medvedev wasn't very good at it in the past, um, but they both seem to have a way with it without really, we know they haven't played in front of fans like that in, in their entire Not like careers. that. Yeah. No, and look, I think they're just, they're so genuine. And uh, they were in amazement, you know, set after set. Uh, Emma didn't lose one set, if you can believe that. She was a qualifier. Never in the history of the sport had anyone even got to the final, let alone win a Grand Slam. She was, they, they both endeared themselves to the fans. Um, they, they understood the energy and they appreciated everything the fans were doing to to help them through and you know uh, Layla just a little bit short but you have to think about what she achieved she beat three Grand Slam champions she beat Naomi Osaka (laughs) Angie Kerber 
Svitolina, number five, who many pegged as potentially having a chance, and she grinded out a couple of three setters that were right on the on the edge, and uh, just showed her resilience. And uh, her speech was was really remarkable. And I'll share an inside uh, moment that I had with her sitting on the sidelines. <clears throat> she was sitting there waiting for the, the ceremony, and uh, you know, Emma gone up into the stand, so it was going to take a while to get back down. And I went up to her, definitely emotional, and she stood up and she said, I'm sorry, I couldn't bring the trophy home. Oh, my. So, <laughs> That's so it, you know, it, it meant a lot to her. If you saw her dad's interview uh, as, you know, an immigrant family and everything Canada has done for them, it was, it was everything that we love about our country. And she is just a terrific ambassador for the sport and, and for the country and, Hope we don't put too much pressure on her. You know, uh, Ken, yeah. uh, they're yes. young. Uh, this is a marathon. It's not a sprint. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, we'll all need some some understanding, some love, and some care. She's, you know, she just turned 19, and, and uh, it's going to take some time to, to grow into uh, what just happened uh, to her this, this last weekend. Uh, Layla turns 19, and, and Emma will turn 19 later this year. And, and there you have 150 against 73 battling for the women's singles title at the at the U.S. Open, uh, and which creates endless possibilities, literally, doesn't it? Oh, it just does. And look, at as, a, as an NGB, uh, like Tennis Canada, our, our mission is to promote and grow the sport. And we want tennis to be inclusive and for people of all color and nations of origin to feel welcome and emma and layla truly represent um our goal and our sport and and little kids saw um uh saw them there on that stage and that means they will feel that they belong and that they all too too want to play tennis and that ultimately is the most satisfying element for me personally is you know i wake up every day trying to have the opportunity for more kids to play everything in my professional life has come from uh the sport of tennis you know made here uh, at home so it, well, i was pretty emotional for certain on that day um for so so many reasons well, you know, I just want to pick up on what you said, an inclusive, and add the business angle, which, which I guess business has to drive uh, this equation forward. And so, for Emma, in an ESPN piece, it's talking about her Romanian and Chinese heritage, and and what kind of financial doors that opens. And literally, that's the answer to all of this, isn't it? No question, because it drives then the demand for more exposure um, for women's tennis or men's tennis around the world. And we need younger fans. You know, we know that our core fan, uh, you know, is is graying. And so we've got to get uh, younger fans. That 18 to 39-year-old demo is the sweet spot for those that will watch on TSN, uh, who will come uh, to the National Bank Open and buy tickets, who will be decision makers for business uh, investment. So it, it feeds and aligns so nicely from that perspective. And also, also, we just need to have more Canadians play tennis. And we know Bianca spurred and helped surge the increase in Canadians playing tennis. Now we need more indoor courts in particular in this country so that all Canadians have an opportunity to play this great sport. So I'm going to get you to put your tennis fan hat on with my next question. <laughs> but before I ask it, I do want to tell you that this past Monday, 
at Mayfair West. I had a family come in, and I believe the daughter's name was Emily. I just remember all four people in the family, their first name started with an A. And this young girl, she said she wanted to play tennis. She was about five or six years old. And she said, I want to be just like Layla. And for me, as a Canadian, my eyes welled up. Yeah. I was just like, like I love this. You know, I don't, yeah. don't want to be like Novak. I don't want to be like Svitolina. I want to be like yeah. Layla. Layla. So, uh, yeah. 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 So, Layla, look, she's magic. She is so genuine. Uh, just a lovely uh, young lady. Everything that uh, that we saw on the court, uh, that's how uh, she is. Um, she had many requests for the uh, Monday morning shows in New York, and usually the uh, the runner up is not a top billing. And Layla was uh, in high demand on Monday, so she uh, she really really endeared herself to to everyone. What a great story, Stacy! Thank you very much for your time. We really appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Stace. Be well. Stacy Allister, tournament director of the U.S. Open. Uh, loved those two conversations we had, Ken, with uh, Michael and Stacy. Really good background stuff. Looking to purchase a home in this busy GTA market? Do not get overwhelmed. Let Eric at Scoglin Homes guide you through the process. Eric's comprehensive buyer's plan takes the stress out of purchasing with great services, including virtual showings, access to exclusive listings from the top brokerages in the city, and a complimentary design consult once you have found your dream home. Buyer's representation is very important in a hot market, so call Eric directly at 647-300-7019 or check out scoglinhomes.com to get started. And Eric, thanks very much for your support. We really appreciate it. If you're 55 and retirement planning is on your horizon, you should read the, the book called Home Run, The Reverse Mortgage Advantage. It gives you the advice you need to make sound decisions about your future. Call owlmortgage.ca to get your free copy today at 416 633 Six three. This is Tennis Talk Canada on TSN 1050 live in your radio, live streaming, podcasting, and on demand on Apple CarPlay and Android Auto through the iHeartRadio Canada app. You're listening to Tennis Talk Canada on TSN 1050. Here's Jim Taddy. Welcome back. Final segment, final show of the season. Did you know that a reverse mortgage can help fund your retirement? Mm, OwlMortgage.ca can help home- homeowners over 55 Find, uh, find out how their home can work for them. Well, I guess it's easier done than said. Call owlmortgage.ca for advice and a free copy of Home Run, the reverse mortgage advantage at 416-633-5363. Ask for Vince. He's going to help you out. And before we get going, I want to thank Racket Guys, Owl Mortgage, Scoglin Homes, and Fox Group at IG Private Wealth for their continued support all season long. So, Ken, final segment. And I guess we'll, we'll leave on, on this note. Felix ahead of Dennis in the rankings. Interesting. Yes, it is, and I'm 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 impressed. I'm a little bit shocked, but look at we have Felix ranked number eleven in the world. Dennis ranked number twelve in the world. You know, Milos isn't far off in the in the thirties because he's been injured and he's lost a lot of points. We could conceivably, if Milos gets healthy, have three players knocking at the door on the men's tour to be ranked in the top ten in the world. And you know, for our listeners. You have your favorites out of those three. You have your favorites out of Felix and Dennis out of those two, trying to figure out who you think is going to make it into the top ten again. Uh, Or first out of those guys, Dennis has been ranked at number nine and ten. Can Felix stay ahead of him? Can Felix go into the top five? Can Dennis make it to the top five? These are questions for me that I absolutely love because it's about young Canadian tennis players 
and we've never had this before. Players ranked 11 and 12, both from Canada, both trying to make it into the top 10 again and at the same time. It's, it's, it's absolutely stunning to me that we're talking about Canadians in, in, in this section of the rankings. It's, it's crazy good. Well, and with all due respect to Jeannie Amilo, you've got uh, two great representatives on both sides, uh, Bianca and Layla, Dennis and Felix. And this opens the door. I mean, you talked about a five-year-old kid who wanted to be like Layla. I mean, with these four people and, and the, the people that they are, uh, this opens a lot of doors for a lot of people to to copy or to be inspired by any one of the four, doesn't it? It does for sure. And and you know young canadians are coming out in in droves to play tennis we're seeing it at every tennis club i had a zoom meeting this week with um local pros from the top six or eight clubs in the city um and and we were all talking about just the demand that we've all had for for junior tennis and for adult tennis you know young adults are coming back to the game they're they're now married or they're you know they've developed a little bit of their career and they're now saying I want to play tennis because of Layla and Bianca and Felix and Dennis and, and Milos and Jeannie and the, and the list goes on Rebecca Marino there's so much Canadian content now on the circuits on the ATP and the WTA tour that we're seeing so much on television on TSN and and, and uh, the ESPN partner down in the States we're seeing so much more Canadians on the main stages of these tours and these grand slams more canadians are watching more canadians want to play which just makes me feel just absolutely warm and fuzzy inside because i've been in this game a long time and as stacy said we've dreamed of it but we never knew that it would happen and it's happening right before our eyes Okay, less than a minute. I enjoyed, really, we got deep on both those conversations about the inner workings of tennis. We spent a lot of time talking about the tennis business or the business of tennis uh, in this last hour, not by plan, but that's sort of the road we went down. And uh, this is our final show. We we will be back in, in early January setting up the Australian Open. And my goal, Kenny, is to do 45 shows next year. So you and I are going to have to hit the bricks and get out there and bring in sponsorship to, to make that happen. I'm looking forward to next year, and thank you so much for making this easy for me this year. Jim, I wanted to say this for a very long time. You're a professional. You know we've talked. I grew up watching you on, and uh, Hebsey on Sportsline. Uh, you were in my living room every single night of the week. You, my friend, are a professional, and you have taught me so much along the way. Thanks for holding my hand and, and kicking me in the backside when I needed it. I appreciate it. I felt like I've learned every step of the way from you, a true professional. Thanks for making my job easy. We'll be back, and contact us if you want to support uh, Tennis Talk Canada on TSN 1050. Couldn't say it any better. Ken will be speaking shortly, but not on the air, unfortunately. Have a great weekend, and Yes Guy is next.